0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host.
1: Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Jeremy Heilpern with Ammunition. Welcome, Jeremy.
0: Hey, good morning. How are you?
1: I am doing great. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. I know it's been a while since we've chatted, but tell us about Ammunition, uh, how you serving folks, and uh, what's new?
0: Yeah, so it's been uh a wild year, I think since last we spoke, I think when we, when we talked last time, it was just kind of months into the pandemic and everyone kind of navigating that. Um, so things, things have changed quite a bit. I mean, um, we, we fortunately weathered last year pretty well. Um, we actually saw a two X increase in agency growth over the course of the last year, both in headcount and, and revenues and that sort of thing. Um, you know, our, our, um, our business model were a full service marketing and advertising agency and our primary, um, Uh, vertical focus is within home and building materials. And as you can imagine, as folks were locked at home for the last year, they spent a lot of money investing in, you know, that screen porch they never got around to or remodeling their kitchen or, you know, doing those, those kind of additions to their house. And so for our clients, they, they largely saw um, it as a growth year and we kind of grew alongside them. Um, we actually, uh, were recognized as one of Atlanta's fastest growing independently held, uh, companies, uh, for 2021 as well, kind of coming out of the tail end of that. So, um, it's been kind of a wild ride. Um, we've, uh, we've been fortunate in, in that respect, but, um, you know, we've used that as kind of an opportunity to kind of reassess our business and say, you know, it, it could have been us. You know, we, we've got good friends who are agencies in travel and hospitality, for example, who didn't weather that storm quite the same way. So, you know, using it as kind of a wake up call as we think about our business in areas of expansion and other verticals and that sort of thing has kind of become our, our go forward. But um, overall, um, can't complain too much about what's happened uh, over the last little while.
1: Now, uh, you bring up an important point. Uh, During the pandemic, obviously, certain industries were hit harder than other industries, and you happen to be focusing on an industry that um, weathered the storm pretty well. Uh, But just as, uh, I don't want to say random, but it's kind of random in the sense that certain industries didn't weather the storm as well is moving forward, does that kind of um, encourage you to maybe diversify your portfolio and and kind of broaden outside of a niche that you're you're kind of um, have a really uh, good handle on? Um, Or is it something that you're like, you know what, let's just keep doubling down on this hand because it seems to be working
0: for us? You know, I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think for us, we don't want to lose track of what we're good at. Um, and we certainly don't want to undermine our position in that space because I think we've built a pretty good brand with a lot of credibility within that building materials environment. Um, but at the same time, I think as a leadership team, we've we've had a lot of discussions to say it could have been us, right? When was the last time you heard of an economic crisis that saw housing pull the economy through? Uh, it's just, it's unique, right? Um, so for us, we we've, we've kind of gone back to the basics to say, you know, what is it that we do? And the way we've articulated it is, um, we we ultimately focus on supporting brands that navigate long term selling environments with complex paths to purchase. So, um, you know, not beer and bubble gum. It's it's the kind of stuff that takes six to twenty four months. Uh, you're dealing with a number of different constituencies in that process. You know that that certainly is the case in building materials. And as we've looked at, at expanding our portfolio, we said let's let's focus on other industries where that DNA exists, right? And let's take that model and apply it there. Um, and we've already started down that path. In fact, we've got some wins we'll announce in the next couple of weeks of um, brands and other adjacent industries outside of building materials where that playbook is being deployed. Um, as and it, and it all comes from exactly kind of to your question, this intent to kind of diversify and fortify ourselves as an agency to where we can we can withstand a punch in the face and it doesn't, you know, melt the business down, if that makes sense.
1: Now, if you were giving uh, advice to other, maybe smaller emerging um not even just agencies, but any business as a whole, when you're kind of doing this kind of self-introspection or or kind of auditing your own business, what does that look like? Um, How kind of raw is that? And how vulnerable does the leadership team have to be in order to really kind of question the foundation of the business? Like you don't want to get rid of your true north, obviously, and your kind of secret sauce, But you also want to be open to other areas that you might have kind of an unconscious bias towards or you might have dismissed previously because that's the way you were thinking, you know, 10 years ago when you began this. Or, you know, so you don't want to kind of be limiting, but you also um, you don't want to be too Pollyanna also. So how do you kind of have that kind of it's a tough conversation, I would think, with a lot of folks to really self-evaluate at that level in order to really see if there is opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a a fair question. The way we articulate it on our side is, you know, where do we have the right to win, right? So, um, you know, pitching a piece of business where we just aren't qualified, for example, you know, uh, not being reactive, I think, is kind of the core of it. But, you know, when you start pitching other pieces of business where you don't have that quote right to win, you're putting yourself at a disservice because you're kind of devaluing the agency's offering. Um, In our case, that obviously can apply to other businesses outside of the advertising environment. Um, but it's about focusing on where you have that right to win, such that you know that if you're investing the time, resource, and energy to go pitch that piece of business, um, you you at least have a fair shake at winning it. If you're if you're overextending into spaces where you don't have that right to win, you know whether that's you don't have the experience, you don't have the team, you don't have the internal capability, whatever that happens to be. But you're stretching for it. I think agencies, in particular, in my experience, are are notorious for that um, where, you know, you get so excited by the opportunity or it's a brand you've wanted to work on. But if you really have the self-awareness to take a step back and look at your business and ask that question, why do we have the right to win this business? If you can't answer that in a really, you know, objective and tangible way, um, then you're, you're probably making a, a bad decision. And, and I don't say that to like lecture or anything like that. We did that over the last year. Like when we were, when we were kind of neck deep and saying, okay, yeah, this is going well for us, but like, what if, we We were introduced to some you know agency search consultants who invited us into pitches, and we got really excited and we participated. And while we showed well, you know there's there's a couple of those where we we didn't win. Um and when it really came down to it, there was always a very specific thing that if we were self-aware when we were walking into it, we would have self-identified that as a, a challenge for us. and we just should have known better. So I would say the self-awareness to be able to identify where you have the right to win and then using that to then find additional places where you have that right much like I articulated earlier when we when we looked at our business and said, let's take away the labels of what verticals we're talking about and let's just talk about what makes those verticals tick. Okay, cool. Like, let's, now that we've defined that, what are all the verticals where that exists such that we have the right to win in those spaces because we're really good at navigating those selling environments?
1: But when you do um, kind of uh, identify those verticals, do you just pick one of them or do you just say that, okay, now – any one of these, if an opportunity presents itself, then we'll be ready for
0: it. In our case, we've taken the the position of being choiceful in that. You know, I think there are there are businesses, as I mentioned, where those verticals operate similarly to building materials, and so we've we've then looked for opportunities where we can build relationships into those sorts of organizations. You know, get some at bats and working with them, participating in some national agency searches for those types of business, and and packaging ourselves up where we we kind of outline this is what we bring to the table certainly if you look at our cases you look at our client roster it's disproportionate in another way Um, but really focusing on that that right to win around the way we approach the work and how it applies to their business um, has overcome that it's it's not even become a talking point in in those discussions with prospective clients and adjacent industries
1: so now how have you seen maybe the industry as a whole kind of handle the pandemic um Obviously, there's been some fallout. Are you seeing, like, any trends? Is there more consolidation? Um, What are you seeing out there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on a surface level, what we've seen is independent shops like ours um, have seen it as, you know, those who've been positioned well um, have seen growth. I think the larger, you know, publicly held network agencies haven't seen the same success. Um, and so I think those independent shops where you're not having to deal with investor overhead and all of that kind of stuff that comes with having shareholders have been able to be aggressive and kind of weather the storm a little bit better. Um, I do think what the pandemic did more, more concretely is it exposed uh, organizations whose PL was shaky. Uh, and as they approached, you know, a storm like the last year, not to say we could anybody could expect it or any of us knew what we were doing when we were heading into it. I think those agencies in particular who were sitting on a shaky PL were exposed. I mean, there are big 150 person shops that we could talk about today who who closed three doors, four doors, you know, having offices around the country uh, seemingly overnight. Uh, And, you know, if you if you would have walked into that and said, is that an agency that looks vulnerable? You probably would have said no. Um, So I think what we've seen is is agencies consolidate around, you know, kind of core internal teams. I think agencies are being choiceful in terms of where they are spending their money and investing in talent. Um, but I think they're being aggressive at the same time from a new business standpoint. So I know that that's been the case for us, which is to say, you know, um, not not to rest on any laurels or anything, but continue to act like uh, you're hungry and you need it and and approach the business that way while, while being really prudent in terms of the fiscal management of the organization as well.
1: Now, um, what about Talent. How has kind of the pandemic affected your pursuit of talent? Has it just opened the world that now your talent is from everywhere? or Were you always kind of getting talent from everywhere or uh, has anything changed in that regard?
0: Yeah, I I think I'm a a younger guy who's kind of old at heart on this issue. I think there's so much value in being in the room together. Um, And I think for us, we've we've looked at the last year to say, what did we learn about remote work? that gets the best out of our people that we should keep? And what did we learn about remote work that we need to overcome as we migrate back into an office? Um, so in full disclosure, we, we've reopened our agency up. We're at limited capacity and, you know, folks aren't in you know, every single day, we kind of a rotating three days in office at 50% capacity kind of schedule and let people self govern based on their own comfort and what they want to do. Um, but it's meant to encourage, you know, number one culture and us getting in a room and, and working together. But I think what agencies do is inherently collaborative. And so being able to get in a room and talk about those ideas um, is, is really important. Um, so we're, we're still in kind of the everyone kind of do what you think is best for you type of setup while putting some guardrails around. Let's make sure we're getting some face time. We're getting back in the habit of working together. Because I think for us, one of the things we saw is, um, you know, we had we had teams who were who were working too much during the pandemic. And when we started to, to you know, uh, initiate the idea of coming back into the office, and One of the things I started to hear is, well, if I, if I had to commute again, so that's that's an hour and a half that I could have been working. And you know my response back to when I heard this is if you need that commute time to do your work, you're being overworked. And so getting into some of these best practices around, you know, um, staying home to then take on more work is also dangerous, right? So we want to make sure we have that cadence and those open lines of communication where we're being fair to our people and our people are being fair to themselves. And we don't accidentally find ourselves taking advantage because, you know, when you're home, uh, you're just kind of on all the time in the setup. so for us we've, we've not we've not approached this you know well now we can you know recruit from the world. I will say it's 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 made it a challenge to recruit right especially for hires we've made fully remote where they've not even come into the office they've never even met in person somebody else uh, that they work with so I think it's it's changed how we think about recruitment it's changed the process and kind of the due diligence we do along that way um, and it's re-emphasized the importance for us around you know getting that face time. Now that, you know, people are getting vaccinated and we have some more flexibility around that um, such that we can do some of that relationship building, because, you know, I think there's this adage in this business in particular, which is if you're in the room, everyone already believes you can do the work. It's a decision whether they like you or not. Um, And I think that that is um, I think that's true. Like there's a lot of value in, you know, getting along, uh, being, you know, uh, complimentary in terms of skill sets and capabilities and personalities and that kind of thing such that. Um, people feel, you know, that bond with with their coworkers and are are excited to work together every day.
1: Yeah, I think that um, in person um, allows those kind of accidental collaborations or those serendipitous moments with people that aren't maybe a part of the the, the core team but are tangential to learn and to uh, interact and to maybe bubble up uh, an idea that would have been harder if everybody was kind of separate in their own home around the world, that kind of uh, accidents that serendipity doesn't happen unless you orchestrate it. And that's, it's hard to do.
0: I think, I think that's true. Like I think about even just creative reviews, you know, we're working on a brand campaign and, you know, our, our creative director is pinning stuff up on the wall. If you think about that in a remote environment, he's having to package a presentation or at least organize his thoughts more than perhaps kind of a tissue session would be in the office. Uh, And then he's inviting deliberate people into that meeting versus if we're having it in a public place in the office and somebody happens to walk by and want to participate, right. Um, They can do that. And so I think that's, that's the challenge with remote. Like certainly there are good things that have come from it. um, But there's also challenges that's exposed that I think we all would do well to be mindful of making sure we're kind of getting the best out of both environments.
1: Yeah. And I think it's especially true in a creative field. I mean, like if everybody's, you know, just kind of hunkered down and doing their own work in their own little silo, you know, maybe that's not as important, but in a creative endeavor where a good idea can come from anywhere, you got to really be mindful of that. hundred percent. Now talk to me about, uh, I mean, ammunition is an independent, but you're also part of the worldwide partners, um, uh, kind of network. Can you talk about how that helps you kind of get the best of both worlds?
0: yeah, so for those that aren't familiar, worldwide partners and there are a couple other organizations like it, but it's an international network comprised solely of independent agencies. So if you think about you know a network holding company, it is a network that holds other agencies right as part of that holding organization, and you know in most cases they're publicly traded. And the value in that for clients as they approach it is it gives it gives you vast reach within that network any agency around the world or a specialization that another agency has it's kind of all in the family right um, but those are it's a different kind of organization those publicly tra- uh publicly traded large organizations for independently held shops like ours um, there are these organizations like worldwide partners where um, agencies buy in kind of as shareholders of the network um, and we put the network to work for the agencies um, so, for example, we've worked with agencies, you know, in California who needed to have a presence in Atlanta. We've worked with agencies in Europe who, who were breaking into the U.S. market, agencies in Singapore who needed to be um, briefed on the way to approach building materials uh, and manufacturing in the United States. Um, so what it gives what it gives agencies is kind of instant scale into other markets, as well as deep specialization around kind of business issues you may deal with with your clients, such that you can either kind of bolt them on as an additional member of the team, or you can use them internally as kind of a, a, a resource for additional information. So it allows independent shops to compete like the the bigger network uh, organizations, if that makes sense.
1: And then how is the partners organized? You're all kind of owners of the network or how does that work?
0: Essentially, yeah, yeah, that and and so you know every agency is still independent, uh, but the network is essentially comprised of all those agencies who then kind of own a piece of the network. The ownership side of that is really kind of not important into the day to day operations. But um, you know, and, and, and in most cases, when the world is a normal place, we'll have global meetings where we, you know, we'll we'll meet in different regions around the world and bring agencies together. And it's kind of a good opportunity to even outside of kind of the normal operation stuff, kind of be exposed to. How these same problems are being uh, solved in other parts of the world, you know, trends and from a media standpoint, um, you know, creative ideas. It's, it's really good just for a collaboration and knowledge sharing component as well.
1: Now, uh, when you started Ammunition, was were you part of this or this is something yeah. that as you kind of grew, you found out about it and then you were like, hey, this is an asset to all of our clients because now we're, get, we're able to deliver a, a little bit more value and um, share a little bit more knowledge.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been this uh, industry for a long time. And so I've been in other agencies who have been part of other networks. And so this, this setup is familiar to me. Um, We did seek out joining once we felt like we were at a size where it made sense. Um, So, you know, we, we started the agency in 2017. I think we became a member of worldwide partners uh, beginning of 2020, um, so it, it wasn't you know part of our our founding so to speak, but it was something we felt like we grew into, and then it was kind of like that next right step in the agency's evolution and to kind of bolt on those resources. And selfishly, you know, for the leadership team here, like we saw a lot of value, and let's let's build that camaraderie with other agency partners, people who deal with the same things we do. Let's be able to you know kind of have that 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 group of of, of folks that we can kind of lean on and talk to and benefit from you know those discussions with as we all navigate the same problems together.
1: So, what do you need more of? How can we help you?
0: What do we need more of? Um, clients are always great, you know. <laughs> you know, as a we're a very growth driven organization. You know, I think um, that's that's kind of the name of the game for us. We're we're constantly in growth mode and expanding both our team internally and externally. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the big thing for us, but I think that's the case for almost any, any, uh, small business. Right.
1: So now from a talent standpoint, what do you, who do you need right now? More creative, more account folks, more yeah, so finance. We're growing.
0: We, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're growing. We're, we're looking for more folks on the account team. We're looking for more folks within our creative team. Um, we're growing within the media team as well. So I would say, um, you know, on our website, we keep that pretty up to date with the latest and greatest in terms of career opportunities. And, um, we're we're hiring across all disciplines right now,
1: and then from uh, kind of a biz dev uh, standpoint, what uh, niches are you targeting right now? Or it's the same building materials um, or some of those kind of uh, shoulder industries?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say what, what we're good at, as I mentioned earlier, is um, brands that navigate those long term selling environments. So if if you if you are managing a brand whose kind of selling process can take anywhere from six to twenty four months. You've got both B2B and B2C components of the business with multiple influencers that all need to be addressed as part of that path to purchase. Um, I think we've got a very unique approach to how we navigate those things. Um, and we're certainly we're certainly always open for a conversation, whether that's just to provide guidance or if there's work that we can do together, we're, we're certainly always willing to help.
1: And if somebody wants to learn more, what's the
0: website? Ammunition.agency.
1: Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time today to talk.
1: All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you next time on Atlanta Business Radio.
0: Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com.